for start. <clears throat> I want to uh, quote a famous thing which Rav Nachman says, and really, not just the Breslov Chassidus say, it's Bashamtev, Chabad, many of the great classical Chassidim, that a person needs to have three ways how to give themselves chizik, strengthen themselves. To give yourself strength, to, you know, in life and, and just emotional, sometimes you go through a hard time, you need to pump yourself up and say, it's going to be good, I'm going to challenge, I'll take the challenge. Spiritually, it's the same problem that we have to, sometimes we get so down, we need something to elevate, gives us, it's going to be good, I'll overcome this, and I'll be able to go ahead. So, so there's three really very, very powerful things. Because what happens to a person, a person was not created to be alone. Just like a man needs a wife, a wife needs a man. You, it's Hashem made it that way. You know, we are half a person without our spouse. Spiritually, a person alone would have a very hard time to be stayed from. The Retveri, one of the great Chassidic Swarms say, even if a person would be on an island all by themselves, Imagine, you're alone on an island. There's no one to learn. You also won't be able to hold on to Yiddishkeit because in, in as Yiddishkeit, we learn from each other directly or indirectly. So like a husband and a wife, a good couple, they help each other. Sometimes the wife needs help. Sometimes the husband needs help emotionally, physically. Whatever they need, they stand by each other spiritually we need friends to help us to move ahead, to overcome. So there's, so that's a very, very important fact. That's why many Hasidim have a fabreng. You know, with all the respect, sometimes they drink too much. But the, the idea was, from the, the Baal Shem was to get together and to give each other chizuk, as we call. Because being alone... You can get depressed. You don't know how you overcome it. You see someone, it's, it, you give the person, you learn from the person things from each other. To give this a, even a, a stronger coming to Minyan. Men coming to Minyan has an incredible impact on them. Because you see your friends, you see him, and you see that he's davening better, so I could daven better. See, he gives tzedakah, I should also give tzedakah. He sees what you do. He learn, we learn from each other. It's, it's, it's a community. We have a great impact on each other. We don't even realize it, but we do have an incredible impact. Just like you have an impact, people are very close to you, but that's a huge impact. We have an impact on people not so close to us, or a little bit, but we have an impact. The way you smile, the way you talk to people, people learn, children learn. So we get enormous strength, nurturing strength as a community. But what Nachman says also, there's really three things. Second thing he says is also, you need a mentor, you need a rabbi, someone that you could talk to. It's like someone who uh, helps you, something you could talk to, to help you overcome things. And the third, you could give yourself Chizik, because what, what, what we learn, every person has good in themselves. There's good and love in every person. Every person by themselves has a good part to themselves, and that good part could be nourished, could be fed, could be dealt with. So a person has to learn how to, as we say, take a, a is a saying in a medrash, 
taking a picture and deep, deep taking water out. That means a person has to be able to get to his bottom and overcome the things that bother them. So let me explain. There's a very famous Pesach in Tehillim. Chopfru shavri libi. There are bad the embarrassments in life which break my heart. I mean, sometimes we do things which we are not so proud of. Sometimes we have fantasies, things that we, you know, it's a heart that drives us. We're not, not so proud of it. No one is proud that he, he has an addiction to someone, something. And no one is proud that the things that he unfortunately did. But that's the cherpe. Underneath an uncomfortableness, there's a deep, deep kedusha that a person has who push it away. Look, in, to simplify it, very often you can get so annoyed at one of your children, so angry. We all parents do. Misbehave and you're just uh, annoyed and you're angry and you're frustrated. But there's a part of us, this is my child, I'm not going to lose control. I'm going to try to discipline him nicely. It is my child. Figure out a way to communicate better because it is your child. So there's a love in a person that could push away the harshness that they want to give. There's a certain toughness that a person is angry. That the love of a person could push it away. Um, not to be so tough. Same way, Reb Nachman explains, is when a person is very down with themselves, doesn't feel good about himself, or doesn't feel that he could daven, doesn't feel that he could learn. Inside of a person, there is a kedusha of love. We have to know how to tap into it. It means every person has a, a nekuda in their heart, which is really, really, really great in gold. You just have to know how to get to it and to, to draw power from it. And that's why what helps enormous with that is when a person talks to Hashem. When you talk to Hashem or you daven, what happens to the person is the inside goodness that they have, feeling have come out and they're able to bring out the goodness of themselves. Because again, we have our ups and we have our downs. I always tell people, if life would always be straight, it would be very boring. Very boring. Sometimes things go well. Sometimes that's how she made it. Life is never standstill. Never. Because sometimes it's great, sometimes it goes terrible, sometimes it goes a little bit. Every day we have this. Sometimes we feel great about things, and a few hours later, if you're just terrible, they push you away. As I've often said, the way a doctor knows, a nurse knows, when a person is intensive, kid, they're alive, is when the lines go up and down. A flat line is you're gone. An up and down line is a sign that you're alive. Sometimes there's an upness, sometimes there's a downness, but that's what life is. The trick of it is, is to be able to learn how to cope. So Ram Nachman says, often when you feel so down, if you just simple push yourself, talk to Hashem, you can get in touch with the goodness in you. Just sitting and talking to the Rabbi Nishalayim. It's very, very powerful. So again, there's three Nikudois. One, we need friends. We cannot be isolated. Person gets isolated, he really falls apart emotionally, something very often, and especially spiritually. You need to be, you know, that's the power the chesidim always come to me together, getting together, davening together. That helps a person, you know, to balance. Like you know, sometimes we have a yitzhara, well, we come to shul and. Uh, you know, when it becomes enforced that not to do it. I, unfortunately, it has a negative effect too. If one person decides to talk about davening, then the next person talks middle of davening. If one person, one lady decides not to be sneezing, sometimes other lady also decides not to be sneezing. It has unfortunate negative effect, but the positive effect is a lot more outweighs because people alone in their own 
in their own world have, um, could literally fall apart. So the first thing a person has to do is be in, a, in, a, in community. That's why davening, coming to shul is so important. Second, I, what I really want to bring out is to talk to friends about Yiddishkeit. See, people like to talk. In my shul, I always joke with the men. I always tell them, in shul, they don't know how to stop talking. They come home, and the wife tells them, you're so quiet, you have nothing to say. I look from upstairs, the whole time the men were talking. You come home, and you have nothing to say. That's, you know, people like to talk, like to connect. But most of the talk is nonsense. Not really substance. You notice that most people don't took anything substance. If, but the, the substance will be to say, you know, and how do I get closer to Hashem? It became today, unfortunately, any person who wants to look at substance, people get nervous. To imagine a guy should come over to you and ask you, how's your relationship with God? They'll look at you strange. But if you ask you, is your Sean Bai's going good? Yeah, people ask each other that. Or ask you, you're making money? Panasa going? They would ask. You know, sometimes, but ask a person how's the relationship with Hashem, it's don't touch. They don't touch. But the truth is that a person should be able to talk to his friends. He says, you know, I'm going through a tough time and it's really tough on me and. Uh, you know, it should be able, be able to talk. When you have a friend this way, able to talk, it, it literally helps a person to get out of their down. To give a simple marshal, explain this, and the Kotzkereb said a very interesting thing. Yehuda, with the story of Tomar. You know the story of Yehuda and Tomar? Yehuda thought Tomar was not his daughter, no, thought she was... Uh, a zaina, a prostitute, and uh, and uh, was intimate with her, and he sent his friend to find her. Sent a friend, so it's clear from Chazal, even though before the Torah was given, it wasn't a terrible thing, but it was not accepted. Not everything is terrible. Not even the Torah allowed it, but it was not accepted, and it was embarrassing. And Chazal said Yehuda never would have done it. It was Ben Hashemayim. That it forced him to do it because what the, uh, the reasons of, this, of the uh, Hashem. But he had a great friend who he confided and said to him, Look, this is what happened to me. I need you, I need you to help me with this. Can you deliver the, you know, the goat and get hold of my, the, the thing that I gave? So this is a person should be able to have a friend this way. There's an interesting madrash. Medrash Mishli says someone came to Shlomo, someone, a father told his son that you don't have friends. I mean, I don't have friends. We party all the time. We have a lot of, no, you don't have friends. You, none of your friends are friends. So he says, what might it mean? We, 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 love, we enjoy to see each other. His father told him, I want you to test your friends. I want you to go and take a sheep and cut up in pieces, put it into a bag, and go to your friend and say, by mistake, you killed someone unintentionally. Can you help me bury it? So he went from friend to friend and knocks on the door, and he says to the first friend, this is what happened to me. And he slams the door, and this went from friend to friend. One friend finally said, I'll help you bury it but afterwards disappear. So when he came back to his father, his father said that I found a half a friend. A half a friend I found, because he's willing to help me bury it, but then he told me, let's you go your way and I go my way. A half a friend. See, you know, it is, it, because you know why? Because when the friendship is shallow, built on parties, the friendship is parties. And there's no parties, there's no friends. You know, some people have friends because it's just a business partners. But as soon as there's no business, they're not friends because their friendship is strictly based on business. But where a person has a deeper relationship, they talk not just simple things, not you just, you know, we talk about, 
you know, it's, the weather is nice or it's not nice, or you talk about deep things, those friends really is a very, and the person could talk to a friend and say, you know, I'm having a tough day today. You know, not most often I, 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 people could quetch to each other, but they're not going to shear. You know, they could quetch, it's a nasty weather and it's raining and it's cold. And, you know, they could quetch, but to say to someone, you know, I woke up today in a lousy mood and I don't want to do anything. And I've been walking around a few hours this way. Can you help me? Most people don't want to be so vulnerable. So, you know, the, even though it is the most powerful thing in life. It's an incredible power to be able to talk to someone and say, I am in not in a good situation right now. Many, many years ago, when I was very young, I was uh, maybe 23, 24 years old, a friend of mine told me a very frightening story. And he became very close to this person. There was a guy who never, his father wasn't well. You know, he got divorced, his father from his mother, and he was a little bit disturbed, but his son didn't realize how bad it was. He started working, and his father told him, now I'll take your money, and I'm going to invest it for you. Buy stocks, this goes 30 years ago, more than 30 years ago, a lot more. Anyway, so after he is working, the son told his father, you know, I can have the money because I want to look for a shidduch, I want to buy myself a... His father refused to give him the money. So I'm not giving you the money. Went to his father and was arguing with him. From the house, he called his best friend and said, please come quickly, I might lose myself and do something terrible. He was so angry at his father and uh, he didn't do anything. This friend came and they went out. And, he, and since then, these two people became extremely close because he was able to be vulnerable and say, I need your help. I'm afraid I'm going to go out of control. When a person has a friend this way, it makes the friendship a very deep friendship. When a person's a friendship is only a, you know, what we call shitchiyas in Yiddish, which means it's very shallow. It's not, and a person should be able to not just talk about, you know, kvetch. That's not the, to give each other help, hope. The person is going through a tough time and help them cope. That is the kuyach of friendship. So, because every person goes through hard times. It's part of life. And, and the hard time is not just emotionally hard, or things are not working for them. Sometimes you feel, I, am, I just can't take it anymore. I hear this from people. You go through a very t- tough time of life and they say, I just can't take it anymore. Someone who once told me recently that, I, you know, he was going through a very tough time. He says, from one tsar pain tzara to another tzara. You know, he had, a, he had a child that passed away, and then this. Sometimes people, you know, and what the greatness is, if you could give a person a chizuk, help them, you're doing such a mitzvah, because often people do not know how to open up to others. If you just give them a smile and tell them, you know, cheer up, it's also incredible powerful. But what Menachman is saying here is a, a third, third thing is, is also to connect to a mentor or a tzaddik. You know, because we are before, Menachman said this, before Mashiach comes, the battle of the Sahara is going to be very, very hard. We see nowadays, you know, it used to be, I tell this to teenagers, Teens, I tell them, when I was a teenager, if a person wanted to see Natsnias, he had to walk a mile. You know what I mean? Today, all they have to do is push a button, and people get addicted to pornography, and they get addicted to crazy things. The test today is a much harder test for young people. Much, much. We see that's why, you know, young people have a harder, much harder time. Before Mashiach comes, Generally speaking, the Yitzhahara is going to be much, 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 sort of to say, harder. And, you know, that's why it's, the Rachma said, that's why the, it's great to attach yourself to the teachings of any rabbi. Learning everyday chassidus. 
learning. If you're Babich, learn Tanya. If you're Breslin, everyday learning helps a person to attach themselves to a higher level of, of consciousness. What happens is that as we live, we forget what we're doing in this world. Are we, living, are, we, are we living here to just live here? Are we living here because we have a next world? That, you should, that everything you do today is for putting away for the next world. Every pain you have, this is going to do great things for you in the next world. See, we forget ourselves that we really came here to work for to This world, no one enjoys. I don't think anyone could say, you know what? All the pains that I had, it's worth it. How to, most people tell you they go, most of us go through a very hard time of life. There's probably more negative than positive. I once said over the Rambam, he writes in his Sefer that a, in the Bochum, that a group of people came to debate with him. The debate, what was the debate? They said that it's better to commit suicide than to live. And they said, they made a, a calculation, there's more problems in life for an average person than goodness. The truth is, it is true. It's true. The pain is, is sometimes enormous because this world we're not made to have, you know, live it up, even though we all like to have it comfortable and we desire to get rid of the pain. But this is not why we came here. We didn't come here to have, because no one has it good. No one. We only think that that person has it good. You know, the grass on the other side is always greener, but no one really has it, you know. You think that guy has money, so has it good. Uh, I always say over, when I was a young teenager, I had, we were poor. My parents barely made ends meet. And I had a very close friend who was very wealthy. In those days, you know, we were right, I was a child of Holocaust survivors, wasn't even 20 years after the war, and his father had 13 stores already. 13 stores. Not bad. When I was 13, I was about 14 years old, he told me his father already has 13 stores open. And I remember as a teenager, he was very jealous of me. I didn't understand why he was jealous. He was a good friend. And it took me, until an adult I didn't figure it out, but I realized with all the money he had, there was a lot of trouble at home. A lot of trouble at home. Didn't know, he was too young to understand, but I remember going to his house, I never liked it being there. It was, he loved to come to my house. I, he lived in a brand new big house, and I lived in a small apartment. He just loved coming to us. Because that's when I learned money means nothing. It only means certain security you think you're going to have. But people who have money suffer enormously too. This world, there is no question there are people who suffer more than others. There's tzadik v'raloi, tzadik v'toivloi. You know, there are people who suffer abnormally. You know, there are people who from one pain to another pain. But this world no one has. But where a person could help themselves and know... We have to travel through life. We have to do the best that we can. And the pain that we have in life is the shed and it's going to be good. But we are now traveling to get to Oilem Haber. I always picture myself traveling on a road. The traveling is not the main thing. I have said this, Marshall, when my children were very young. And we were flying in to the to a their aunt's wedding. My sister-in-law was getting married. And I remember they, one was six and one was five, I forgot. They, they or even older seven, they were so preoccupied flying that the whole excitement they were going to be on a plane. Not they're going to a wedding. They, they couldn't focus that we're getting onto a plane and the plane is going to land and we go to, no, 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 no. We're going on a plane and we're going to look down at the clouds and we're going to get soap on the plane. Those days you would get bars of soap, they remembered. And they were busy with the plane. So I remember this, Marshall. We also get busy with the, with the traveling. We are on a traveling road now. But the, 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 the goal of our road is when we pass this world, we have Elam Haba. To remember every day there's another world. We're not here 
to enjoy this world because no one enjoys this world. The Gemara says, you want to enjoy life? Have, take the least out of life. But the Gemara says, you want to really have a Gishmak alive? Eat the bare minimum, sleep the bare minimum, and be intimate the bare minimum. That's a sweet life because anyone, let's say a person likes food. You know, people indulge in food, hate it. It becomes an addiction. They don't even like it. Anything in life is this way. But a Torah, spirituality, is, is what the whole world is about. The Yitzhahara makes us forget this idea. This idea to remember that there's another world. You totally, you wake up in the morning, you don't think there's another world. Nachman says the first thing you get up in the morning is to remember there's another world over here. That means I'm, this is just traveling through. When you look at it this way, the pain is much easier to tolerate. To illustrate this in a marshal, imagine, tell a couple, tell a wife, that she has to move in into RV. An RV. So you tell her you're moving to the RV because you go sightseeing, you can move into the RV. You tell her you have to move into the RV, this is going to be your home permanent, she couldn't live there one day. Even one day. I have a friend who has an RV. And he goes with his wife every summer, six weeks, every summer, years already, to go touring America. Now, how do they do it? It's small, you know, but they have everything in the RV. If it's only six weeks touring America, you could do it. But if you tell your wife, this is your permanent residence, one hour she couldn't be there. Because if it's permanent, it's intolerable. Just can't tolerate it. If it's not permanent, it's like, uh, you know what I mean? It's uh, just for temporary. You could tolerate it anything. I, I gave this marshal. I once was flying to Etzisrael. And I realized there was the extra driving taking someone back to Israel. How did I realize? He went to the bathroom. And I he saw the handcuffs. The guy was handcuffed to the other guy. It was the first time I saw this. You know, taking... And I wanted to see, they were sitting up front. I guarantee you, for this guy, sitting on the plane was cruel and unjust punishment. Because sitting on the plane is cruel. If you're tall as me, it's terrible. Sitting, imagine, tell a guy, your jail is going to be sitting in the, in the chair this way, and you know, all day for six hours, going to Israel, I remember it was a stopover, whatever it was, a six, seven hour flight, whatever it was, and then a stopover, it, it, it like, it's, how, how do you do it? But if it's, when you go to Israel, it's only temporarily, ah, we were in a good mood. I was in a great mood. I was going to Israel, and I was speaking to every other Bacharim who were going to Israel, and there was a couple next to me who were going to, we were in a jolly mood. Him, every minute on the plane was in Gehenna. He knew that he's landing, they are waiting for him to cough him totally and put him into in prison. So it is, it's, it's, it's how you see it. If a person knows, uh, this is not life. This is not what the whole life is all about. What we're really going to have is the next. This is where we have to travel through. And we have to bear it, the stress. You have to do, but every minute I do a mitzvah, I get oilam haba. If you look at it that way, life becomes much, much easier. So Rabbi Nachman says there's a special Yetzirah from people, you know, who, to have this, not to think there's another world. He thinks it's very important every day to realize there's another world. He says it's to remember a memory that we have to take into ourselves. To remember this, this is temporary, and when you look at it this way, then you could focus on spirituality. So you woke up, it's cold, or you woke up, you're not feeling well, or you're in an angry mood, or something happened. All right, okay, but I am living through life, and this is just temporary, and I'll get here what I need to do. But, but, what the Nachman is saying also, we need to remind ourselves how is the most powerful thing? How do you remind yourself every day? How do you remind yourself? You know, some people, I know a person who uh, told me recently he wanted to be on a diet. A man, not a lady, has to lose weight. 
told me he hung up in the refrigerator, the doctor's warning. The doctor told him he's not going to lose weight. It's dangerous. You know what I mean? He had to, you know, so he goes to the fridge. He sees the warning. Everyone does things to help and remind them. This person, you know, is way overweight. He's got to lose weight. See, the doctor noticed, as we say. Rav Nachman says the most powerful way to remind yourself what life is all about is talking to Hashem. When you take time for yourself and you talk to Hashem, you meditate, you accomplished enormous a lot. First thing you accomplish is it reminds you there's God in the world. You're not alone. Because often, no matter how lucky you are, how happy married you are, how many good friends you have in your life, there are part of us who's very lonely. It's a part, you know, that is deep down and an empty feeling because we have to fill it up with Hashem. That loneliness has to be filled up. And a person could talk to Hashem, it will remind them there's Hashem in the world. And everything that is happening to me is bashed. You know, I recently told people that most people, where they look at bashed after the fact. That means like this. They, you know, something happened. Yes, I lost money and I did, this is happening. It's bashed. We should tell ourselves now Everything that's happening today is also by shared. I have to do the right decision. You know, let me give you a motion. This week's Pasha. Avram Avini tried to find the Shidduch for his son Yitzchok. Now let's, between us now, after the fact, you think Rivka wasn't going to marry Yitzchok? This was his Zivik, who knows from who knows. Of course Yitzchok was going to. Avram Avini knew that his Zivik is someplace there, and he was way nervous. Avram Avini didn't get up in the morning. He says, eh, it's my shit. My son is going to find a shidduch. And no, 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 no. Avram Avini got up in the morning. And he told Eliezer Avram, I'm sending you on a mission. And a very difficult mission. I need you to get the girl over here. And he said to him, he made him swear. Not just gave him a mission. And he sent with him ten camels led with gold and silver. Imagine Ten limousines marching to L.A. looking for a shidduch for the sun. I think the streets will be lined with girls. Not just ten limousines. Ten limousines, uh, uh, you know, filled with gold, silver. You know, you know this says on it, uh, the, the wealthy guy. You know, and he went with ten camels laden with, with enormous amount of everything. Gold, silver. I mean, so, he, uh, and he was nervous of Romavini. And Chazal said, why did he make him swear? Avram wasn't sure he's going to live through. The whole thing took two days. He had Kvitzes there going, Kvitzes there super fast. Shedek was done, the next day he came back. That was a mess. Chazal say, Avram thought it'll take a long time and I might not survive. He didn't think in two days he's going to die. I don't think so. They would have known that Eliezer of Rome is going to go there with a snap of a finger and come back with the snap of a finger. But he, he had to do his ishtadlis. <coughs> of Rome had to send Eliezer, Eliezer had to daven, beg Hashem. And the whole story that Basuel wanted to kill him and he died, the whole interesting story. We look back, as people tell me, it's called Monday night. Um, forget how they say it. Quarterback. Of course, you look back. What are you nervous about, Avram? Yitzchak is the is going to find Rivka. When you're doing the shidduch, you have to do work very hard to make sure it's going. In life, we have to make sure everything today. We have to do our best to make it work. But everything that's going to happen is going to be bashed. You know, it's very interesting. Rivka was only three days, three years old. And she said, I am going. You know, I have, Baruch Hashem, many, many daughters. I couldn't say that every daughter of mine would just have this guts and say, I'm going. Nadja, she didn't even know who he is. And she wasn't. She was a smart lady. I have no idea who this is. No, I have no information. They have all the information. She says, I'm a, I'm a chesed. And she went. So it's amazing. Maybe the culture was that way those days. Someone once explained to me the culture those days was the father gave his daughter away. You know, she didn't have much choice. The bottom line is that uh, it is, 
it was Bashet and it happened. Avram had to do Hishtadlis. We're going to do a lot of Hishtadlis today, things to be done. But what the outcome is going to be is going to be Bashet the way Hashem wants it to be. Very, very, very important this. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, it's for sure, right? Um, but but you see, you see that Avram lived and he was nervous. He would say, "Come on, Avram, why are you nervous about? Hashem promised you." But, you know, you, you're going to be a great nation. I am obligated to find a shidduch for my, for my son, and I don't know how and where. To, he sends a maloch. Yishlach maluchoi. Send a lot of bribery. Gave a gold and silver. Meets the girl at the well. He doesn't ask too many questions. He puts on jewelry. So my shoe joked, and he says, I wish my, my wife says, I wish you'd, you know, put such quick jewelry on me the way Eliezer put jewelry on this girl. You know, meets him at the well. First thing he does, gives her a big piece of jewelry and, uh, and for the nose and the two handbands, and he was immediately, you know, gave jewelry. Because, uh, you know, Eliezer did it with a very wise way, knowing there's a, we gotta get the girl coming. So I'm just explaining in life, we have to do what we have to do. The rest, we have to rely on Hashem. The rest of Rome just relied on Hashem. And the truth is, miracles happen. He's standing at the well, and he finishes his davening. Boom! Rivka walks out. You know, the Medrash says, imagine, you know, I, when I was young, I learned Chumash, it, to me it sounded, this must have been a village hundred people living there. This was a huge town, historians say, where the Urkazdan, where he was, wherever it was. There were lots of people there. You think there was only one well? Hashem guided him to the right well, and she came to that well. You know, I was in, uh, in Russia, Ukraine, where they still have wells. You know, every few blocks has a well. Every intersection has a well. I was in Breslov itself. So they, I heard today already, they already... And Uman, when I came, the first time they had a modern well, they had a button in the corner. Uh, today they have running water in that neighborhood. But I'm just saying, she came to the right well. And, and they finished davening, out she comes, tests her, turns out to be, and turns out to be Rivka. They could have had other children in the family. Could be another daughter there. But it turned out that Hashem, you know, we have to do our ishtadlis, and we would do that um, there's another very, very important thing from the Pasha I want to explain. Uh, Eliezer says, comes to his to the family, and he comes in, and they tell him, they tell him that um, you know, let's have a meal. He says, I cannot eat. I cannot eat till I speak what I need to speak. Now, let's, let's try to have this picture. A guy is coming with ten camels and lots of men with them, whole caravan, with gold, silver, fruit. It was a, a nice, nice note. And so he comes to the Watson over there and he says, I came for Avromavini. To look for a shit for his daughter. You know what he could have said? I am his best friend. I'm his CEO of his company. You know, and uh, you know what he said? Eved Avruam Unoichi. I'm the slave of Avram Avini. I'm a slave. Why did he say that? So the Zoe says, he was so proud to be Dovik to Avram Avini. And even though being a slave to Avram, he had a problem. What was his problem? Rashi says he had a daughter. He wanted so badly Yitzchak to marry her. 
You know, Avram tells him, you know, he was not a diplomat of Rome. Normally, you, you don't want the shidduch to say, she's too tall, or he's too tall, or they're made for each other. You know what he says to him? I am blessed, and you are cursed, and the blessing and the, is not a shidduch. Imagine, that's shidduch and no shidduch, because I'm blessed, you're cursed. And Avram says, I am the slave of Avram. Because he was so proud to be that way, and he accepted that that's what he is. I am a slave. This is what Hashem made me. That's why later he became blessed. It says in Chazoyer, when Lovon says, Boy, Brich Hashem, come the blessed one, that moment Eliezer became a blessed person. Not anymore a curse. He was a blessed of a blessed person. Imagine, it's a very powerful thing. Because when you accept what Hashem gave you, this is what He gave you, that is the, the most powerful thing in life. You know, part of our pain in life is, the biggest part, is not so much what happens often, is we don't accept it and we fight it. Just accepting this, it is what it is. Guy told me that a you know, young man is having Sean Bice problems. So uh, tells me that things are much better. I said, what happened? What, ha- what happened? You know, you, you, I thought you were getting divorced. He says, I accepted the situation the way it is. I said to him, that's the key of everything in life. He accepted, I don't know what exactly remember the problem. He accepted this is the, this is what it, it is what it is. When a person accepts it is what it is, it's much easier you can move on. But if you're fighting it the whole time, you can't move on. You're busy, you don't want you don't want it, pushing it away. Uh Eliezer said to Avram, uh, he says introduce him, says, even Avram, it's not it's not a badge. A slave is not a badge. Uh, that's not a big badger. No society was a slave that way. He could have, and he could have said very easily. He didn't have to say, "I'm a slave." I'm an, I'm, uh, he could have said, "I was sent by Avram Avini to find the shidduch for his son." Didn't have to say he's a CEO, but he could have said he's a CEO. He could have said he's a friend, and he was extremely close to Avram. Chazal say he gave a sheer in his Avram trusted him. Totally. But because he accepted it, that helped him propel, that he became much higher. So, again, what we need to do is, this only works when you remind yourself there's Hashem in the world. That's why it is so important to talk to Hashem, because we forget the nature. No one wakes up, ooh, Hashem is here. That doesn't happen. First of all, we wake up in the morning. Do we have to get out of bed? Ah, let me sleep a little more. Let me push the snooze button just a few more times. Something get up in the morning. I really don't want to get up. A nasty weather outside. Maybe I could bury myself under the covers. You know, no one wakes up feeling Hashem. You have to put yourself into that. Start talking to Hashem. Make Hashem a reality into yourself. Any questions? Avram had many great mishaps in life too. He was so annoyed that he had to kick Yishmol out of the house. He had many, many things that he was not happy about. It says in the Torah clearly. His wife was taken away, kidnapped twice. Imagine your wife is being kidnapped and he was afraid for his life. He didn't say, Avraham Avin didn't go, you know, I've been talking Hashem, I'm going to sleep. It's like, you know, it's like, do I answer the phone or don't answer the phone? You know, like I have to decide now. And it wasn't. He was, Avraham Avin, was petrified. What do I tell Paroi? I'm his husband, then he's going to kill me. I got to lie. That's just my sister. Then they're going to rape her. He had big decisions to do over here. You see, many people think, you read the parashas, 
Avram had a lovely life. <laughs> Avram had a very difficult life. First of all, he, he believed in Hashem, and they beat the daylights out of him for that. They threw him into a furnace. You know, that, you know, probably they tortured him too. And then finally Hashem tells him, Lech lechu, go. He thought, it wasn't those days going, it's like nowadays, uh, my cell phone. You know, someone, I text someone, I didn't, I didn't know that he was in Australia. I asked him, wanted to speak to him. Text me back, I'm in Australia. I said, what? Text goes to Australia, <laughs> I didn't know that. New thing that I learned. You, mean, you went on a trip, you were left, you were cut off from everyone, finished. You know, he came from, from Ur Kazdem, which is deep north, north in Iraq, coming down, a long trip he came down. So, Avram Avini had a, then when he comes, Hashem makes a hunger. And that's just, so you know why they said there was a hunger? You know what the Medrash says? You know why they said there's a hunger? You know, this Apikoid is moved into the community. He doesn't believe in our gods. He believes something superior out there. That's why there's a hunger. So it's, they blame them? They blame the Reds? They blame the Jews? Then he goes to Paroi, and he knows he's in trouble. So, you know, I tell this to people. It's not that he, you know, wasn't nervous. You know, it's like, like I just said before, should I answer the phone, not answer the phone? When I finish the class, I know someone's waiting for me. Should I meet with him, not meet with him? You know, did I meet? I don't, it's no big deal. But the other decisions alive, which I'm frightened of. Avram Avini knew this is a frightening decision. I have to say, either I got to say it's my wife and they're going to, I'm chopped liver. If I say she's my sister, they're going to take her for a wife, which is rape. A lady doesn't want to be with a man, that's rape. Doesn't make a difference who is the king or not the king. And Avram told, uh, you know, sir, you want me to be alive? I think that's the only eight side we have. Imagine. If you go, back, where, where, how do you say in English, um, between a hard rock and a stone, you say? So, you know what I mean? If I go back to, to Etzisol, there's nothing to eat. There's a hunger in Etzisol. Here I'm with you. If I say to my husband, I'm dead. And if you say you're my sister, they're going to rape you. It's, not, it's a horrible situation. And then Avimelech did it. He didn't have children. It wasn't so, you know, his life wasn't the most comfortable thing. And finally he has a son, tries to marry off. There's no girls available. Imagine. There's no girls. He's trying to date, find a shidduch. Avram says to, to Yitzchak, none of the girls in Canaan over here are, we've got to find a different place. So he sends a laser Avram. Like you just said, he wasn't, he wasn't sure this is, the, the mission is going to be successful. He said to very clearly, he says, what happens? She doesn't want to come. When the keys to Mishivusi, you're abolished from Yeshua. Finish, nothing we can do. I mean, he's not going to come. Of course she's coming. No, 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 no. person has to be realistic. So even the Avrom, Soberuch HaKodesh, that his wife might be there, he said to himself, maybe it's not happening. I mean, it's not happening. You see, Ruch HaKodesh, Rivka's there. I don't know, we have to be the maybe. We have to have plan A and plan B. Plan A is the, the mission was successful. Plan B, you come back empty-handed. Okay, we gotta look for another shidduch. So Rashi says, for Un and Eshkel, other Shoyim say from Yishmuel, well look, from, go to my uh, brother's family. You know, I mean, Avram uh, says to Shmuel, my have a son, and there's maybe a granddaughter will marry him. It wasn't, it wasn't so sure everything. I mean, and, and we look at Yitzchak. You know, Yitzchak's life was so pleasant. It was such a pleasant life. 20 years I didn't have children. Everyone was booming away with children. We are the ones who believe in Hashem and we're childless. We would have thought if he's the one who believes in Hashem, everything should be so smooth sailing. Finally, Rivka becomes pregnant. She has the most horrendous pregnancy that you can imagine. The two brothers inside her stomach were fighting, waging war against each other. She said, 
She says, I never, uh, you know, I've asked her to become pregnant. This is unbearable. I can't take this pregnancy. Finally they, get, finally they come out and they hate each other. Imagine, parent has two children, two sons, and they hate each other. And one, one has no naches. One becomes a drug dealer, drug pusher. What Asa was. Asa was a murderer, a rapist. He was uh, the no good. Chazal said one of the reasons Yitzchak was blind, that it shouldn't be so uncomfortable in public and see people's reaction. That's his father? <laughs> so he was blind. He didn't see people's reactions. Because it would have been incredibly painful. And, and finally, he has, she, you know, Rivka says, I have a great son, Yaakov. And then the whole story with the brachas. And what happens is, Asa wants to kill Yaakov. Not just annoy him, kill him. So, you know, Yitzchak and Rivka, life was not the most pleasant. Yaakov, I don't have to say, Yaakov had sores from head to toe. We'll talk about it next week. From head to toe, Yatsaras. We have a great, not good. We have, we have, you know, we are, we live more comfortable than than Odomarishan after he was chased out of the Ganadim. We have a steam, we have an air conditioning. Yes, but they imagine you have to work back-breaking jobs just to make a, a slice of bread. Yeah. You have to do a stablus. <laughs>